ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I am happy because we've transitioned from IPA season to pumpkin ale season, which means we're very close to stout season. I think. I think that's how that goes. All I know is all freaking summer, everywhere I've gone to said, can I get a stout? They're like, no, it's not stout season. Um, I know you look know as confused. You look as confused as me when I'm like, what do you mean it's not stout season? These, these I don't, words I don't, don't know what snobberies you're going to, but <laughs> these words don't um, compute. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Not stout season. It's, <laughs> it's always stout season. It um, is. And, and, and it's never time for pumpkin. Ugh. Well, no. I mean, these don't taste like pumpkin. It's like, it's, it's, like it's, a, it's just whatever it's an, spice they put in it. It's like I don't it's drink front to humanity. I don't drink pumpkin spice lattes, but I drink pumpkin ale. They're good. No, thank you. Know. This, this, and like a good Oktoberfest, they're good too. Look, I guess you can have wrong opinions too. So whatever. Whatever, Mister. I don't like strawberries. Don't like those either. I know. That's why I said it. Anyway. But lots of people like strawberries, and I make fun of it. Pumpkins is just—they're just—they're. <laughs> it's not like drinking a pumpkin pie, if that's what you're worried about. But it's just like a hint of like—I don't know. It's also no, thank you. Susquehanna Brewing, which I'm pretty sure is local, localish anyway. Strawberries actually give me headaches, and like what? You know, I have like it's like a physical <sighs> reaction to it, like. So it's not it's not necessarily I don't like strawberries because I don't like the taste of them. It's just it's strawberries don't like you. They attack you. They don't like me. They um, attack your brain. But pumpkin, <laughs> I just I, I just don't like pumpkin just tastes gross. So whatever. OK. All right. Anyway, this is the part of the show where we have our usual announcement stuff. Um, oh, and there's one I forgot to put in there. I'll have to add. Uh, all right. So uh, first and foremost is our usual Patreon update because you patrons are awesome. Um, it occurred to me today while I was reviewing our patrons and if there were any changes or whatever, that since we have pledged to give our Patreon funds to the American Cancer Society at the end of the year, I may as well give you guys a tally of how much we've actually raised so far. So as of today, remember we started this in July, all of our Patreon funds are just basically staying in the savings account that they go into, and that account is currently up to $224.48. Now that doesn't sound like a lot. But you got to remember that Patreon takes their little cut out of stuff, and uh, there's fees for stuff like the shirts that uh, we send patrons. That comes out of that, right? That may, that means Patreon costs us a little more. Um, so yeah, that's that. I haven't spent a dime of that. Usually, I spend that on you know like the hosting, and uh, sometimes I use it to buy beer for the show. Sorry, Jason. I should probably send you beer for the show too. <laughs> Or whiskey. You drink whiskey, don't you? Or scotch or something? Yeah, but, you know, I live so far away that it's... You do. Like, You're you so far, so far away. I couldn't possibly, like, hand deliver it or anything. Uh, but you are further away than the Chinese place I ordered my DoorDash from. Yeah. And that took, that yeah. took two I, hours. I suppose. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose that's true. You know, I order Chinese from there all the time, and it does not take me two hours to get it. So no, I I've I've done it plenty of times too, and it, I mean it's usually longer than if I were to order it and drive down and get it. Just because I don't know why, I'm not really sure why it's longer, but it's longer. But yeah, this was excessive. And to be honest, it's pure laziness on my part. 
Yes. It would have taken me like almost no effort to just call the order in and drive down and get it. Um, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> My Chinese food is waiting for me in the fridge, so we better finish up this half of the show quickly. Because right now I'm surviving on just the calories in this beer, and we don't want to know yeah, what you happens. can you can stop talking about Chinese because I'm getting hungry now. We could, we could, we could actually talk about our patrons, which is exactly what I was doing next. Uh, yes. So we want to say thanks to our current patrons: name pending 197, Jeremy, Aranami, Andrew, Tatro, Bruce, Robert, David, Solemn, with some numbers in there. Linux is 666, uh, Mark with a K, The Mentor, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy, Jay, and Charles. Thank you to each and every one of you. Uh, we appreciate the funds. Or more accurately, the American Cancer Society will hopefully appreciate the funds at the end of the year. So yeah. Uh, the other announcement that I wanted to throw in that I forgot to put into notes is that the DEFCON 610 pub crawl is coming up. We do a Capture the Flag pub crawl. In, it's going to be in November this year. I think November 19th is the date we've decided on. It'll be in Easton, Pennsylvania. So if you're anywhere in the area and you want to do a Capture the Flag or you just want to tour a whole bunch of really cool eateries and bars in uh, Easton, which Jason can attest to, there's a lot of good ones. Like there's there's some, some really good ones. Really good and, food and really good beer comes out of Easton, PA. <laughs> and remember, if you're not literally crawling between them, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, right? I mean, that's always the image I have when people talk about a pub crawl. But no, they just talk about going from bar to beer, bar to bar, I don't know, which sounds more like just a binge drinking thing. And you you, you can crawl between them. It, it's 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 probably farther oh, yeah. than people These want are, to crawl, but it is, the, it is definitely crawlable. The places that we did last year were literally like a two block, maybe three block span, two blocks. So they're relatively large blocks, but um, yeah, they're really not far. And some great places. We had like this cool Mediterranean, Mediterranean place we went to. Um, another one that was like, I guess it's like Cuban? Tierra del Fuego. Do you know them? I think they're like Cuban. But it was good food. Um, it is very good. Are they Cuban? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not positive. I, I, I don't know. I have had food there. It's very, very good. I don't know for certain. And then, of course, you know, it all circles around Two Rivers Brewing, which is where we have our have our meetups. And they have really good beer. However, they're the ones that told me it's not stout season. So maybe they got to put a black mark against them for them. Bastards. Stout season. It's always stout season. Yeah. Always. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to add that to the notes. So anybody wants to participate... Uh, you're going to want to look up the DEFCON 610. We can, you can find us on Meetup, or we have a Discord um, group, which is probably a better place to get the info. Uh, but I'll put that. DC, DEFCON610.org is our website. Go head on over there. Cool stuff. Anyway, uh, I think that's all of our announcements. Do you have any announcements? Uh, no, I do not. Do not. DC 610 pub crawl coming up 1119 exclamation point. Yep. There we go. That's our announcement. Like I said, I'll put a link in there when we're not on the air. All right. So um, time for chat. I bought a thing. I bought an old thing, an old cheap thing <laughs> that was better than the older, cheaper thing that I had before, which is a server for my home lab. <laughs> 
I had uh, an old Dell server, Dell PowerEdge, like 320 or something that I had inherited at some point, which didn't have enough CPU or memory, but I was using it anyway as basically my home lab hypervisor. And I finally just got sick of it and went to, uh, there's this cool site, maybe you've heard of it, called LabGopher. Basically, no. I, do you remember PriceWatch back in the day? Yeah, it's still around, isn't it? It might be. Okay. I haven't used it in forever. But PriceWatch, what they used to do is they would, like, get prices from all the places where you would buy electronics from, and then they would show tell you what the cheapest place was. Well, what LabGopher does is something similar, except um, they monitor auctions, and they look for specifically servers that you might want to put in your home lab. And you can filter it based on, like, oh, I want this much memory or this kind of CPU or this price range or whatever. And then it just shows you a list. And then you can just go right to the auction and you know, bid or a buy or whatever. I found a, an older, it's like a 10-year-old HP um, ProLiant with not a whole lot of hard drive space, but that's fine because I have the Synology for that. Um, but it had 96 gig of memory and 24 spread across two CPUs, two physical CPU, 12 core each uh, Xeon uh, cores, right? I think that's fine for a, for a home lab, right? It's certainly better than what I had, which had four cores and 32 gig of memory. And that's only because I slapped as much memory as the damn thing would hold um, <laughs> <laughs> into it. Uh, and that's been serving me okay. But like um, for my home lab, I have maintained a satellite server because especially as a TAM, I really needed to be able to get my hands on satellite from time to time. And the requirements for satellite keep going up. It's currently 20 gig of memory. So that's more than half my hypervisor, and I decided that's a problem. So, <laughs> so I uh, I finally bought a thing, and I, I got I got an operating system installed on it today. It actually runs RHEL nine, which is good. I was a little worried because it was older hardware, and I know there was a bunch of hardware that got retired with RHEL nine. Um, but um, yeah, it's up and running in my basement. I don't have any VMs on it yet, but at least it's running. So. So, so you have a new air, a new, a new uh, jet engine in the basement. Pretty much, it's not as loud as I have a. Well, you probably remember this. Remember when, when we were at the college, we had that IBM uh, machine we used oh for KBM. Yes. KBM yeah, zero it, it made, had like 128 gig of memory in it, yeah. and it was like a four U box, right? I have that yeah. in my basement. I can't Weighed run it. Five hundred pounds. I can't run it. It's too loud. You can hear it through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't been using that. <laughs> the lights dim when you turn it on. Yeah, but if it's running, I mean, so first of all, you pipe the output of that to your heating system. And yeah, right. It heats the house right. up in the winter. And if you have right. it going, it you know, like nice little buzzing in the floor, then a little vibration. Uh, you get used to the sound, a lot of white noise, helps you go right to sleep. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, it sounds like a vacuum cleaner running 24-7. That's not, not what I want. So th Yeah, that, this, that, that, that wouldn't fly in my house either. So. Yeah, this one this one is loud. It's louder than the old PowerEdge that I had. But I had it running right here in my office while I was getting it set up, and it wasn't so loud that I couldn't stand it, so it's not that loud. I didn't, like, measure the Louder than a PowerEdge? PowerEdge is pretty loud. Well, the PowerEdge that I had, or have, I should say, it's still in service, is, like, the bottom-of-the-line PowerEdge. Yeah. Right. And it's not that loud. It's a little louder than. Well, honestly, this Alienware machine, when I got it, the Alienware desktop that I use, 
uh, it was air cooled when I got it, and it was quite loud. <laughs> I, I just remember opening up the the new Dell servers and just seeing just rows and rows of fans. Yeah, you know, this one mean? you could pop out a single fan, and it was like modular, and you could pop yeah. them in and out. But yeah, like there were yeah, well, so many. Well, this one this one doesn't have quite that many fans. It's more like. It's almost like if you were to take a high-end desktop and put it in a 1U case is really what it yeah. feels like. It's it's not like it's server grade, but just barely. <laughs> yeah. But so um, so bad bad news. Uh, Price Watch is in fact dead. Yeah, I, it has been since at least 2020, probably earlier. Price Watch last time I looked at it was probably a decade ago, and it had gone downhill. It was basically like. If you needed cheap crap, you'd go to Price Watch because that's what it was overrun. It was by. it was the best. It site, was. Though. It, um, there was a point that, where anytime you had to buy anything, you would just go to Price Watch and you'd look for it, and ta da, you'd find the best yeah. price and trustworthy vendors, and yeah. The suggested replacement is PC Parts Picker. PC Parts Picker. I think I've heard of that. PCPartPicker.com. I don't know who owns them. I mean, they seem like a standalone thing, but you know they got to make money somehow. But make sure that. Uh... But uh, yeah, they have. Uh, it's it looks like it's mostly gaming PCs that you build off of that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna poke at them because I'm gonna, you know I'll talk about it later. But I'm looking to build a new machine too. Come on, so. Go. All right. Anyway, sorry. I got distracted by a child looking for her phone charger. Because, you know, oh, that's important. Door is closed. Can't, you know, can't just respect that. I told you, all these maker projects that you're working on, you need a recording light. No, what I need is a deadbolt. Because <laughs> that's what would keep them out. <laughs> well, right. That's, that's, so the first stage one is the recording light. Yeah. yeah. And you need the little switch to turn it on and off. And stage two is when you flip the switch on to turn on the recording light. The it, deadbolt it, goes. Ka-chunk. No, it electrifies the doorknob. That would work. <laughs> During the show, you yes, hear, ouch! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, this screams of somebody being tortured during the show. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I put a link for Lab Gopher in the show notes if anybody's curious, but it's just labgopher.com. And they even yes, have international have, have versions of it. Apparently, there's like localized versions of Lab Gopher. So if you're not in the U.S., uh, there's like uk.labgopher, that kind of thing. All right, uh, let's see. What else did I put in here? Oh, my 3D printer is doing weird things, and it's annoying. You know how, and it's it's one of these things that I've seen on all of all of the 3D printer horror stories, but it's never happened to me. Where the layer shift, right, where it's like printing along, yep. and all of a sudden it shifts by a couple millimeters, and now the whole print is messed up because the layer shifted. Um, it's doing it, and it's not just every now and then. It's like I don't know, every 20 lines or so, it's happening. Um, maybe that's probably more than 20 lines, but it's happening several times in larger prints and it's, uh, I haven't looked into exactly why yet, but I did look into what could cause it. And there's like 128 things that could do it. Yeah. And I just, it could be software. It, it, it's could be a slipping belt. I think that's probably what it is because this printer has had a lot of use and I think there's probably something that's just a a little worn that needs to be adjusted. Yeah, the belt on this is I forget if it's I forget if it's got teeth or not. I don't remember. But it, it's possible that the belt like the belt could be worn down. Maybe one of the teeth Yeah. You know, broke off or something. Yeah. Um so that's where I would look. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I want to check first is the belts. Make sure they're not loose. Make sure there's not just like one of the pulleys are are loose and needs to be adjusted. They say the belt could slip, and if the belt slips, that'll do it. So it might just be that something needs to be tightened. Right. Yep. So, and it usually happens only on one axis. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, it was uh, left to right, which I think X, X axis, I believe, is the X axis, depending. It's the 3D space Thanks. is so freaking confusing, right? Because you got when I put things into my um, slicer <laughs> Z is up and down. Well, yes, that one's easy. When I put things into my <laughs> slicer, right, they show up in one way, but then when they end up on the printer. They're not always the same, yeah. and that's just like a difference between the way the slicer presents things and the way the printer does. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's the left to right side that that's doing it. So, anyway, um, that'll be annoying and hopefully easy to fix. Um, <laughs> see, you added a note about the donkey. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. I told you I was going to. Must be rideable. Uh, the other thing, uh, yeah, it's, and if you, if you want to get that reference, you got to listen to part a. Yeah, right, right. You got to understand why I need a donkey. Um, the other thing is, um, I've like, since before my mother-in-law got really sick, I kind of, I've been using the Jeep, but not like the full on hobby that it was beforehand. Um, and I'm finally getting like, I'm, I'm finally really like able to focus on it again and I'm starting to do some work on it again. And I've starting to cook up this like cockamamie air intake thing. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm people listening to this show may not care about that, but I'm happy to finally be like planning a project again and, and trying to, uh, to actually make this thing work. It's going to be, there's going to be some fabrication involved and there's going to be, uh, hopefully something that not a lot of people have done before to do, to, to happen or to, to occur by the time I'm done. Um, so that's kind of fun. But, um, again, a lot of Iron Sysadmin listeners are going to be like, what? Why is he talking about cars? We don't care about cars. We want servers. Although, I got to say, I have found a surprising number of IT people that are also into, like, mechanical things, including cars. So, maybe I'm, it's maybe makers. I'm off on it's, that. it's a maker. Yeah. Maker mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I mentioned at the end of Part A that there was something that uh, seeing Tyler um, subscribe to the show reminded me of. Um Maybe we should have him on the show sometime. Tyler, if you're still listening, if you're still watching, whatever, uh, we should have you on the show to talk about Enable Sysadmin. Because Tyler is like kind of the guy that I contact whenever I have an, an, an Enable Sysadmin article to uh, to to publish, right? Um, he's part of that team. Gee, gee, Nate, what's Enable Sysadmin? Enable Sysadmin is a user submission blog, I guess is the best way to uh, to describe it, right? It's a Red Hat blog, but it's not it's not populated exclusively by Red Hat content. I mean, it's Red Hat related content, but it's not written by Red Hatters, not like the Red Hat blog. It's all written by Red Hatters. Um, it's and not, it's not necessarily Red Hat related either. It's 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 Yeah, I mean, most of it is. Um, it's, it's typically just Linux related. It's at least adjacent, right? <laughs> Like, we're not going to take a blog about Windows Server, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you might. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Tyler, what do you think? Maybe he's not, They were pretty open. So maybe he's not I, I have I have a number of articles on there that I wrote a couple of years ago yep. that, that I did a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know. Probably 
at least half a dozen, maybe a dozen, maybe more. I don't even know. Well, you um, uh, you had written enough. Then, you had written enough that you were brought into the pseudoers uh, group, right? Which, yeah, which I yep. think is and ten then, articles in a year. So you written. Yeah, then I get then I get punched directly in. Yep, I got then I got punched directly in the face with life, and and I haven't written anything since. Yeah, I've honestly, I've, I've like, I still write from time to time, but I don't have as much time as I used to to write them. Um, but I do want to, and it, maybe with the new role, I'll have more chance to to write. In fact, there's there's a couple articles that I have sort of in queue that I want to write that are going to end up on Enable Sysadmin. I just haven't had the time to sit down and do them. But uh, yeah, if if you're listening to this show and you like to write blogs about technology related things. Uh, reach out because Enable Sysamin is always looking for new content, and it's actually pretty successful. It's a great, a great place to get some exposure for your stuff, right? So, you know, it's not like uh, you're going to be rich and famous for writing on Enable Sysamin, but it's a great way to uh, write a thing and have professional editors review it, so that you end up with a with content that you know you might learn something from in your own writing style because you'll have people reviewing it and saying tweak this, change that. This might get better SEO, that kind of thing, right? I I found it helpful over the years. So, uh, yeah. Enable Sysadmin. Good stuff. It's like redhat.com slash sysadmin, I think, is the place you can go see the articles. Yeah, I think so. So, anyway, that's my plug for Enable Sysadmin. And just seeing Tyler watching today is the only thing that reminded me of it. We've talked about it before on the show. But, again, maybe we'll have him on someday and he can talk about it, about what it is. and Anyway. What do you got going on, Jason? I've talked a whole bunch. I'm going to drink more. Yeah, because we need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, you you mentioned the uh, build uh, bought a server. Um, I'm looking to. I'm starting to think about replacing the server I have. Um, I've got a. I don't remember what the processor is in it. Some some weird Intel thing uh, that I've had for a number of years now. Is that um, that low power that runs, one that you built? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So low power. Um, it's got like 32 gigs of RAM in it. Um, you know, and I run I run a whole bunch of stuff on it. Uh, and it's running. Uh, uh, I, I went all in with with. Um, oh, what was it? Not Core OS. The other one. Atomic. Uh, Atomic. Yeah. I went all in with Atomic because uh, I really, really liked Atomic. Uh, and I went all in. Built my server, got the whole thing yeah. running, was super happy with it. Sorry about and Red Hat that. said, yeah, so we bought Core OS and Atomic is, we just get rid of it. <laughs> so thanks, thanks Red Hat. Yeah, um, sorry about so that. swapping that out to put a new OS on it um, is, is a major undertaking. Yeah. Uh, and it's starting, like, I'm a little, I'm starting to get, cons- like, it's old enough that, the you know, I'm concerned about the drives, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'd like to run some more stuff on it or maybe, you know, have that stuff run a little bit faster. Uh, so it's, it's starting to show its age a bit. So I was looking around trying to figure out what to build, um, you know, kind of want to, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and build one again because running, running a small, uh, jet aircraft in my basement is not on the to-do list. Um, so yeah, I would like, right. I, I would like something in the mini ITX, mini ATX range. Um, hopefully, uh, instead of some big, massive, ridiculous, you know, server that needs a rack. Yeah. And I started digging around. Um, you know, I can go down the path of getting whatever the latest shiny Intel is. Uh, although the, the pricing is always stupid compared to things like AMD. Yeah. 
So I, I started looking around. Intel's still stupidly expensive. AMD seems to be reasonable, and I don't need bells and whistles. Like I'm not looking for the latest, you know, super awesome gaming blah blah blah. I just need something that has, you know, a, a decent number of cores that has a decent clock speed, and off we go. Yeah. So. Um, I'm starting to look at the AMD Epic processors, um, you know, ser- server level processor. Uh, mostly I'm looking at those because I want something with, you know, a 64 or 128 gig capacity minimum with like, you know, half a dozen or a dozen SATA ports um, so that I can put, you know, just load the thing with drives and off I go. Yep. And that's it. I, you know, it needs to display a terminal screen. I don't need gooey or anything else like i don't even yeah. use that yep so yep. starting starting to go down that path trying to figure out what's good because i don't pay attention to you know the hardware at this point you know i just kind of yeah i was i found that i had the same problem right i was gonna start building you know start just like go to new or something and start picking out a board and a processor and memory and but uh to be honest <laughs> i just it used to be Computer hardware was right at the tip of my brain, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You could rattle off what was the, what was the latest, greatest, and the best to buy. Uh, not anymore. It's just like I've I've moved to other things, right? <laughs> that occupy my brain. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I was digging, trying to figure out what to to buy, and I saw you know I'm like, oh well, what's AMD got? And like like what's an Epic? Looking at that, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. a server. Yep processor okay sure yep you know is there anything super special about it i don't i don't know I, I need to do a little bit more digging but you know um this is a box that i want running i mean this box that i have here has been running non-stop for five years i think yeah um so you know i want something similar uh and and i will replace atomic with i don't know probably Part of me wants to go core, but I think what I'm going to do, because I still have a single VM I run, so I'm probably just going to run like, you know, uh, whatever CentOS has become. Yeah, my my plan for this one, I put Rail 9 on it, like I said, but my plan for this one is to run a mix of containers and VMs on it, right? Which is something I've, yeah. I've never done. I toyed with it on the, the Dell, um, but the thing I wanted to run in a container was Plex, and it ran like crap. And I think it ran like crap because that machine does not have a graphics card, right? So in the machine that I run Plex on right now, it has not a high-end, not like a 3D graphics card, but it just has an NVIDIA card in it that's meant to drive a couple displays, right? And it's able to offload transcoding onto that card is the only thing I can figure as to why it works so well on the machine it's on and not on the Dell. Um so yeah, that was really, know. you know, that was anyway. I forget where I was going with Pl- that. A, a, Plex a, runs a, fine on mine. <laughs> a combination of the two, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, it just does. It just did not run right. It, I would end up if there was more than one stream at a time. It would just bog down. It couldn't transcode fast enough. It wouldn't. You know, you'd end up with buffering, and it was really frustrating. Yeah. So we'll see if that happens on the new box. I did. Uh, I did. I found an old desktop I had sitting around that had an NVIDIA card in it, happened to be compatible with my decade-old server. Uh, so I popped that in there, and hopefully that will not be a problem. But anyway, all that to say, I think you're probably going in the right direction to uh, to have like a normal Linux OS on it. 
that way you can mix and match workloads. It doesn't have to be yeah. just containers, for example. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go back and learn how KVM works these days. Um, so I'll I'll tell you, know, you I'll tell you that um, this should be available on CentOS. Yeah, it's got to be available on CentOS. But the cockpit uh, web, yeah, UI for RHEL is actually really it has a really nice uh, libvirt uh, management tool built into it. Might might give cockpit a try. Which, I haven't. I, I keep seeing it, and I keep looking at it, going, "Yeah, whatever." But yeah, right. Um, I mean, we, you know, we for something like this, I might use it. We come from an era where web server management tools are just a gateway to exploit. <laughs> Cockpit's not that. I mean, it could be, I suppose. It's one more thing that someone could try to attack. But you basically wall it off, especially for something like you're doing, where it's just just has to be accessible from your local network. Don't make it accessible to the world or anything. Um, but yeah, it works really well. What if I need to remote into my server when I'm in, you know, insert not home here? <laughs> I mean, uh, use a VPN is all I can say. <laughs> but you know that. Uh, but yeah, it's in the in the uh, in the what's new material for Rel Nine. Um, one of the slides, and it doesn't it doesn't get a ton of of uh, a ton of uh, attention. But one of the slides is that Cockpit now works on mobile, <laughs> so you could be at the bar. Managing your server on your phone. <laughs> nice. But yeah, uh, Ricardo's in the chat. The The Libvirt plugin for Cockpit is is great, right? There was a point where on that little Dell, I ran Overt with Overt Manager, which just the footprint was too big. So I ended up having to draw go back to just a Libvirt box because it, it required 16 gig of memory just for the Overt Manager. Uh, but I did it specifically so I had a management UI. Well... Cockpit's libvert tool is uh, good enough, right? That I don't need it. Nice, nice. So anyway, you had more stuff on your thing. Let me go back to drinking. Yes, I got a new toy. See my new toy? Isn't it wonderful? This is great radio, by the way. Yeah, right. Look at this thing I have on screen that I'm not going to talk about yes. yet. It's a dock. Uh, it's a dock. It's a. It's a dock with uh, what's it got? HDMI. Is it, uh, is it full of water vapor? Is it full of water vapor? Yeah, you know, like, like when you boil water, the thing that comes off the top. Ah, oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> How much yeah, of you? So had it's got drink? a. <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> that's not a drinking thing. That's like a where's he going with this? This what is are you weird. Talking about water vapor. Uh, <laughs> Well, water vapor isn't necessarily steam. Come on. Uh, but it's got a dedicated Ethernet. It's got a bunch of USB ports, uh, HDMI, DVI. Or is it DVI? Whatever that is. Uh, no, DisplayPort. Um, if it has, but a, it is if it has new, one one side with a, a squared off corner, it's a DisplayPort. It's, it's DisplayPort, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, the, it's the new Steam Dock for Pretty the cool. Steam Deck. Steam Dock for the Steam so Deck. So that, that just showed up. Uh, so now I can connect my Steam Dock to that, which I can then connect to peripherals and use my Steam Dock, uh, Steam Deck, you know, without uh, on like a bigger screen. This naming so isn't confusing at all. Yes, yes. <laughs> so my my next my next thing is to I have one. I just don't know where the hell it went. I have a Steam controller. Do you remember the Steam controller from years and years and years ago that came out and was completely awesome, and then it died. Like Steam just got rid of it. No, um, I apparently, don't. I think I've heard oh, of it now that, now that you're saying it. Yeah, it's it's such a cool controller. Um, anyway, 
uh, it it works natively with the Steam Deck. Surprise! Wow. Um, so I just need to go. F- I was I was thinking but, about it today when the when the deck came. I'm like, wait a minute. I've got a controller. I wonder if that works with the Steam Deck. So, but can I, I, I use my Stadia controller with it? Yes. 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 It it works on Bluetooth, right? Uh, theoretically, I use it through USB-C. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe it would work through USB-C, but um, the Steam Deck apparently works with just about any Bluetooth controller. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Stadia controller is special because it's Google. Um, basically, it doesn't, even Windows doesn't recognize it as a plain old controller. It recognizes it as a Stadia controller. And without this little, like, shim of a driver, it which basically tricks Windows into thinking it's an Xbox controller. It doesn't work for every game. It seems like games have to have built-in support for the Stadia controller for the Stadia controller to work. Which is weird. In a world yeah, in, a, no. in a world today where peripherals are not supposed to have to be like coded into your application, the Stadia controller does. And maybe it's games that were developed for Stadia that have the support. I don't know, but yeah. Like, Stray and Elden Ring can use the Stadia controller without that shim in the middle. But Cyberpunk won't use it unless I run the little emulator thing. Yeah, still haven't touched Cyberpunk. It's fun. You might. You, I think you'll enjoy it. I, I think I will, but you know, I'm probably going to play... Well, we'll see where I play it. Um, I, I just, I've heard so many horror stories about how buggy it is. So I, I'm still trying to finish Watchdog Legion, which I, is... I gotta say, I have not run into many bugs i didn't play it on launch day i bought it a couple months after launch um but i have not run into many at least playability bugs right Let- well this is this is why i wait so long so yeah, like I've- i was also going to get it on launch day and i got i got i um my buddy bought me uh watchdog legion for my birthday because it came out around that time yeah and i e- eagerly like jumped into it and started playing and playing and playing and playing and then came back to play some more and went wait a minute why am I back at the beginning of the game? I, you know, I lost like 10 or 15 hours of play. I was uh, like, okay, whatever. I'll just make sure I resave now. And then went through and there's really no way to make sure you save and lost time again. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. We're waiting. So I'm back to playing now, but we'll see. You know, it's, I, I've lost, I've lost save again. Um, at least once since I started playing again, but the, the latest time that I restarted it, it seemed to have saved. So, well, I'll I, say, I kind of want to beat it and be done with it. I, I like the story. I've, I like the game. I've had zero save game problems with Cyberpunk. Yeah, those are <laughs> those are unbelievably frustrating. Yeah. Um, um, the, the Cyberpunk stuff that I've seen is like, you know, getting in the car to like drive somewhere and hitting something and like launching yourself into orbit. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I did see. So <laughs> like when you call a vehicle, I primarily use the motorcycles as a mode of transport because I think they're easier to control and it's fun, right? It's just a fun thing to zip around the city on a motorcycle because you can like weave in and out of traffic and stuff. Wow. But motorcycles are easier to control than the cars? They are. For, like me, not, for me, they are. This is like like not Grand Theft Auto at all. When, <laughs> when you call your vehicle, right? So you can call it from anywhere uh, and it'll just yeah. like drive up, right? Because, you know, we're in the future and cars can drive themselves. Um well, when you call the motorcycle, it'll just like slowly come up, right? Well, there have been cases where the motorcycle has run me over. <laughs> there have been cases where the motorcycle was going so fast that when it stopped, it like flopped end over end. 
but I don't call those bugs. It's just funny, right? It's funny to watch it happen. And then, like, the yeah. motorcycle's ready to use. You hop on it and you drive away, right? Yeah, I, I It's guess. not like I died when it hit me, right? But it hit yeah, me well, and yeah. I get thrown. At that point, <laughs> right. At that point, then it's no fun. It was just yeah. kind of no, funny, it. right? Um, but, yeah, the only real bug I think that I ran into was uh, one time I did a thing where the animation of the character was that I had, like, like I threw something heavy over my shoulder. So the character went like this and I fell through the floor. That's the <laughs> only bug I've run into that was like playability wise. And all I did was revert to a save and I was fine again. And I did the same thing again and didn't fall through the floor. So I don't know. It might have been standing I, in I, just the wrong spot. I was having those problems in uh, Halo Infinite when I was playing um, at the end of the game, too, which talk about frustrating oh yeah so like like the way that the way that halo infinite works with the saves and and the restarts and everything is like if you have to quit or, or you have to go in and i forget what it is you have to quit and restart you talked about this it's like because a you're stuck in the floor system. yeah yeah it's it's like a weird checkpoint system and, yeah. I, and like every time i would do a ground slam in the one area i just i'd fall through the floor and be like well damn <laughs> damn it <laughs> you know i'm in the floor like, again like, he's got this much health left. I just one more hit and I'm going to, Oh, I'm through the floor. Crap. Start over. You know, Restart. you got to do all the battles again. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I was on like an over, not an overpass, but like a, a tunnel connecting two buildings, a walkway. And when I did yeah. the thing, I fell through the floor and all the enemies I was trying to avoid were under. So I fell through the floor <laughs> and they're like, what's that? And they killed me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was, that was a little frustrating, but again, it's the only real bug I've run into. It's the only time it, it the happened. Little, the little exclamation points appeared above all the heads and they turned and shot at you. They're all just the like, time. whoa. <laughs> yep. Dead. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so, so yeah. anyway, yeah, I have the, I have that and to play with now and, and I'll probably get more use out of my steam deck. Maybe, maybe I can, maybe I'll hook it up and I'll see if I can, uh, um, do the podcast from the steam deck next time. There you go. Maybe it'll work better. Cause that, that would be hilarious. That would be Mark will probably try uh, it at some point. Yeah. Um, and what else? Oh, my, my, my honeydew list is just, um, increasing exponentially yeah. these days. Yeah. Well, you know, the, with the kids out of the house, uh, uh, of course we have to do all the projects now cause there's no one to help us. So we're painting rooms and redoing fireplaces are, and are all your just, kids out? I thought you still had one at home. He's at college. My God, I must be off by a year. I thought he hadn't graduated yet. Wow. Uh, he grad yeah well he graduated with a college degree <laughs> so yeah, he's yeah. off to get another one he's off to he's other doing, college so. he's off to second college yeah. <laughs> yeah so he 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 graduated he graduated with a college degree did more college there for some other stuff and then now he's at a different college but he he's living at the college now so damn well that's cool that's cool yeah, so busy, 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 busy. Well, congratulations on successfully raising the offspring to the point where they can leave the house. Yeah, but we just got them trained to do things like take out the garbage and clean up after themselves. And they and all left. Help us with doing the housework, and now they're all gone. Yeah. Well, you know, only lasts so long, right? You only have your yep. you only yep. have your your minions for a, for a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, and that's it. And now we can talk about the news. So push that button. Indeed. Where's the button? Here's the button. No, no that's the wrong button. 
See, there's an orange button, and then there's a yellow button. The yellow button, I made yellow specifically because it's Homer Simpson. And he's yellow, right? The orange one, I think, is the push the button. There it is. I accidentally pushed the yellow one instead of the orange one. They're right next to each other. So, you know. Somewhere, somewhere I've still got Marvin, too. Where is he at? Discord! That's not it. That's not it. It must be the blue one. Where's the kaboom? There it is. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. I don't use the sound effects nearly enough on this show. You should, you should get one of those, what is it, a stream deck? And you can just, like, tell it to put icons on the little things? I looked into that, right? They, they also interface with stream labs, which is what I use to do the live stream. So you can set up, like, hotkeys that would do things like transition yeah. the screen and whatever. Um, but... I don't know. Since I have, technically, I can do that with the buttons that are on the Roadcaster Pro as well. They can do like what they what do they call the meta keys, where you can make it do stuff in Streamlabs. But I just, I don't know. I feel like I don't use that enough to care. Maybe I would if I set it up. What? <laughs> Whatever. I was talking more along the lines of you can put pictures on the buttons. I could. And then then it wouldn't just be like, is it yellow or who orange cares? for Homer? It's yellow. Who cares what the, <laughs> who cares what the buttons do? They'll have pictures on them. They could have pictures. <laughs> Actually, um, this does have there, I could do that. Now I can see what they say. I can switch to the next one. And I can do this. That's that's what we need on the show more. Uh, probably. Oh, I forgot. I have a whole set of on the soundboard for when I used to play D&D with Mark. Oh. <laughs> anyway. I don't right. know what kind of weapon that's supposed to be. No, that, that's that's the level up sound from EverQuest. Oh, is it? Yeah, and I, when I would play it through would, Discord would um, on when we were gaming, everyone would go like, ah, because it starts out so loud and it's so abrupt. Yep, yep. That's <laughs> kind of what I was doing. It used to be... Um, in EverQuest, when it would happen, if you weren't expecting to level up, it would, like, startle you. That's how... It just became, like, a running gag in EverQuest. It's like, ah! Oh, I dinged! <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about the news anyway, now, I think. We're supposed to be on, on topic now. On point! So, the Register has a has a, an article. How a Wi-Fi spy drone snooped on, fin on a financial firm. You included this. I don't know if you read it more deeply than I did. I did read through it, and it's a pretty fascinating story, I think. Yeah, but, it is. Uh, it is quite fascinating. I assume you had um, commentary. Is why you put it in here. Well, it was. It was more. You know, we've seen this forever um, as a as a theory. Um, I mean, it goes back to like uh, like Neuromancer had similar things in it. The book um, yeah. where you know some sort of a a drone or a flying thing. Uh, was used to snoop on what was going on inside of a building, not like video, like, you know, on the, on the wire. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, a bunch of different people have, have sort of shown proof of concept, if you will. Um, so the article mentions a couple of them. Uh, so if you're familiar with uh, Naomi Wu, um, she's a real sexy cyborg on, uh, on Twitter. Um, she did one that she called the screaming fist that she, she sort of demonstrated and, and used. Uh, there was a security researcher that did one called, uh, I don't know if he called it something. 
Skyjack? He has a he, he uses Skyjack a Skyjack drone? drone. I don't know if that's a, a oh, is that what manufacturer he called it or, or not. Is that what, okay, maybe. I don't know if that's yeah. that's the name of the drone. Um, well, Naomi a, used a DJI, um, but his was a a, a Raspberry Pi yeah. to um, his was specifically to attack other drones. So it was you know kind of which I guess was the Skyjack thing. Um, so he would fly the drone up and use the the Raspberry Pi to interfere with the signals from other drones and sort of take them over. What an asshole! <laughs> That's all I got to say. Those things which is, ain't cheap. <laughs> which is which is funny because um, uh, my son did a uh, there was a DARPA um, sort of contest uh, a couple years ago at one of the I think it was at BloomCon. Um, that was something similar where it was like you had to you had to sort of build something to take over the drone. Okay. Um, now they were doing it from the ground, but same idea, you know, like inter- intercept the intercept and take over the drone and, and sort of control it yourself. So it's pretty neat. Um, but this this is the story is about uh, a an East Coast financial firm, um, a, a private investment firm. They don't uh, say who, do they? They don't no. They don't say who, and they just say East Coast. But um, I'm, I'm thinking probably you know either New York or I would guess uh, like New York, Connecticut, or something yeah, along those lines. Um, and uh, not one, but they, they so they they noticed they noticed a problem internally on yeah. a, an internal Atlassian site, uh, and started digging in to try to find out like what happened, and noticed that the. Um, the traffic was coming from somebody who was logged in locally, except that they also knew that that same person was logged in at home well, miles away. Yeah, it was that they were logged in at the same time, both locally and at yeah. home on the same Mac, if I understand this correctly. So they basically mm-hmm. used Mac address right. spoofing to be yes. like, yep, I'm totally this dude, even though that dude's at home on his cable modem. Right, right. Mac address spoofing, which makes me think that they're using something along the lines of 802.1x, uh, you right. know some sort of Mac-based authentication for right, the, right. the system. So they used that to gain access to the network uh, and were doing whatever. So they went on a hunt um, and traced the Wi-Fi signal that they were getting. Yeah, so they, um, they used a Fluke system? Is that like a is yeah, that one of those Fluke. handheld Wi-Fi detector things? Well, Fluke makes all sorts of different stuff. But yeah, one of the things yeah. that they make is a, is a Wi-Fi uh, system that, that okay. can be used to directionally identify where things are. Right. Um, and they found it and it was on the roof. Yep. Um, and they found not one, but two. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is what I found the most, the most interesting. It wasn't just that they flew a drone to the roof and hacked into the Wi-Fi. They threw, they threw, they flew a drone up to do like, uh, sniffing to get the credentials they needed. Then they flew a second drone up that was already preloaded with the attack using the credentials that the first drone had gathered. (laughs) <laughs> yep yep one of them was a wi-fi pineapple uh yep. which is most likely the one that was doing the sniffing to begin with yeah to identify what to use and the second one was a raspberry pi uh with a gpd mini laptop uh and a 4g modem yep um and apparently another wi-fi device which was used to do the actual attack right um and uh that's that's apparently what they were using to intercept or to uh, attack the network. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've seen any articles or any reports of this happening. I've heard it theorized for a long time, both in you know again in books, 
from various different talks, whether, you know, more recent ones or, or ones from years ago. I've seen it done on TV shows once in a while, um, but I, I've never seen one, you know, where, where they kind of really did it in the real world. It was, it was neat. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty crazy. Just like just 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 to read through like the play by play, and of course this isn't a play by play. It's basically what they discovered and what there's some conjecture there about how this occurred. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool use of this sort of technology, and uh, I guess it's just one of those moments where the game is now changing. The game is stepping up to the next level. Right, we're gonna start using drones to break into people's Wi-Fi. Yeah, and they they're, they were talking like one of the things they mentioned is, um, you know that that a drone can carry small payloads, um, but that the small payloads are getting more and more capable. So, yeah. like yeah, as this well, is as so this one is, this is that the flipper. Yeah, the, this is the flipper zero that they're talking about in the in the in the yeah. story. Like yeah, as as drones get more sophisticated, means that they are easier to pilot, and they can theoretically carry more weight. Right, although they're not really designed yeah. to carry weight. But really, it's I think is what you're getting at is as these things get smaller and lighter, not the drones, but the payloads, right? Like a Raspberry Pi Zero, for example, weighs almost nothing. You could easily strap that right. to a drone, but what can you do with it, right? Well, the Pi Four isn't all that heavy either, or the Flipper that you were just showing. I don't know what that weighs. I've never seen yeah. one in person. Yeah. The, the Flipper's it's a bit chunky, but I'm sure you can you can cut the weight down if you need to. Um, the it, the Pi Zero can do a lot. Like your weight, most of your weight is the battery, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a Pi Zero consumes so much, so little electricity, you could probably pi- uh, power it off the drone for quite a while, as long as you're not also flying the drone, right? Because they flew the drone up and landed it. Therefore, the drone is no longer using its battery to power propellers to keep itself in the air. It's just laying there. It's now just a battery, right? right? You could probably power yeah. a Pi Zero. I mean, for the Derby project, I used a four... 4K milliamp hour battery for the Pi Zero with a Wi-Fi adapter with a screen, and I got like 16 hours out of it. Right? Like if you're more careful yeah. with your consumption, you could power a Pi Zero off that same little 4K battery probably for days. <laughs> well, and, and again, if you're doing it on off of a drone that you know, or a payload. So like the Naomi Wu's uh video was actually pretty good because what she did is she flew the payload up to the roof, dropped the payload off, and took the, zo- the drone back down with them. Right. So now instead of a drone, she's got this little tiny device. Yeah. Yeah. That if, if you could if somehow you, you also it right hide it or something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that could sit there and so, go undetected for a long time. Right. But now if you have a device the size of, say, a, you know, a, a Pi Zero, which is about what the flipper is, and you put a you know, a solar panel on it, just right. a small solar panel. Yep. You can charge that thing over, yep. you know, yep. during the day and have it, have it, you know, juice up the batteries, have it, you know, you can do all sorts of stuff, have it go into low power mode overnight, like whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, only, only really do the, the, the interesting hacking bits during, during work hours. Cause Sunlight you have hours, all that yeah. other traffic and yeah. Yep. So, so th- there's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, yeah. Um, the article says, I don't know that I completely agree with it, but the article says that it's it's a fairly low risk uh, thing that uh, like a low risk um, uh, attack vector 
for for companies. They don't have to really worry about it because you know the, oh, the specific targeting mean. and whatnot. But, I thought you meant low again, risk. Like, I thought you meant low risk no, for no, the no. attacker because I would call it low risk for the attacker. If if you yeah, can get the low, thing would, up there without so any yeah. identifying information on it, they'll never know who put it there. Yeah, yeah, which is which is sort of my point. Like, okay, so you say it's it's low risk because the you know people aren't going to do that, but if it's that easy and you have a specific target, yeah. Now, you know. now a DJI drone, it's interesting that they used them specifically because DJI requires you to register your drones with an account that allows you that basically syncs data to the to, to their cloud, right? Yep. So theoretically, unless they did a, a lot of work to avoid that, um, theoretically that drone could be traced. Now, if they're smart yeah. enough, they've done something to obfuscate that. Uh, but if you use a drone that doesn't require that, or hell, build your own drone that has its own compute in it and its own Wi-Fi pineapple in it, right? These are things yeah. that are that are attainable. Like I, I yeah. looked yeah, into yeah, I, I looked into building a drone once. It doesn't sound like it's that hard. <laughs> no, it's it's not. And 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 you know, th- these were not the smartest attackers in the world. Um, it sounds from the article, it sounds like they got caught. Oh, okay. I want to um, see. I want to yeah. see how they like. Did they just like take a Wi-Fi pineapple and duct tape it to the drone? I, <laughs> pictures would be awesome. Um, but yeah, probably. What more do you need? Why is there a DJI up here with a Wi-Fi pineapple duct taped to it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it seems. It Pretty seems. Crazy. It seems like a, a a fairly expensive hack that they did. But it, you know, they're going oh, after yeah. a financial firm, so DJI I guess the drones are not cheap. They're a couple hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. Um, and I didn't look into the two models that they had, but I looked into drones for the YouTube channel. Um, unfortunately, they require a license in order to use them for a YouTube channel that makes money. So I dropped it there. But uh, they're not cheap, like five, six hundred bucks. Yeah. Drones have to be licensed now. Yeah. Well, Whatever. I don't know if they have to be licensed for every drone. There's a certain size limit to the drone yep, before you require it, uh, a license. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is now, what they finally settled on, but I believe the the number was 250 grams. Yeah, um, which isn't when the when it first they first started talking about it. It's not that much. No, it's I, I not. Don't, I don't know what a DJI weighs, but for the YouTube stuff, it's specifically because you're making money with it. If you have a YouTube channel that has monetization turned on, you're making money with your drone. Therefore, you are a commercial drone pilot. Right. So, yeah. so you have so, to have a commercial drone so, pilot license. So for 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 the Americans who can't convert things 250 grams is about a half a pound but how many bananas is it <laughs> i don't know what's the average what's the average weight of a banana hang on what is the how many average... bananas does the dji drone weigh <laughs> i wonder if i can do that uh there's got to be someone uh, who's made a converter yeah, apparently apparently it's, it's half a banana it's um, let's see 250 <laughs> grams to bananas Tell me it doesn't. Tell me it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. God that's damn. that's no fun. <laughs> it's such a joke now that Americans will use anything to measure instead of the metric system. <laughs> I'm sure someone has a website where you can convert metric units to anything. I, like how many gorillas is in a centimeter? <laughs> I wish I could convert this stuff in my head real quick because, like, you know, metric system is so much easier for a lot of stuff. Yeah. When I'm when I'm doing when I'm doing woodworking now, 
I don't I don't measure in feet and inches anymore. If I can avoid it, I measure in in you know meters, centimeters because yeah, it's just like it's round. It's easy. Yeah. I don't have to deal with fractions. How many it's centimeters are there in a meter? Oh, <laughs> just do the conversion in your head. Add yeah. a zero. <laughs> All right. Yep, anyway, uh, <laughs> we've we've gone from talking about drone strikes, why cyber strikes with drones, to how many bananas does a drone weigh? <laughs> Yeah, so now let's talk about virtual reality. Yeah, let's talk about VR. So you might remember this guy, John Carmack, right? Yeah, John Carmack. Yeah. Uh, one of the brains behind some you know, like transform transformative video games, like the poster that's right behind me here, right? Him and John Romero made Doom, and of course the rest of the yep. team from ID. But they're like the they're the names that people remember. Um. Anyway, you might remember years back. Uh, he was one of the brains behind Oculus before it was purchased by Facebook. And now, of course, Oculus is owned by Facebook. That's where the Quest came from. That's where Meta has meta. been founded. Yes, the Meta Quest. Um, but anyway, so I, I actually had kind of lost track of what happened to John Carmack. Apparently, he still works at Facebook or Meta, right? And he's, yeah. he's one of the yeah, brains behind their Metaverse stuff. So the article that you've included here, Jason, is from Ars Technica. Uh, Carmack says, there's a bunch that I'm grumpy about in virtual reality. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure you have comments here, Jason. Go right ahead. Yeah. So, Unload. so, I, 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 so I, I've been a Carmack fan for a while. Um, so I, 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 I kind of follow a little bit. I, I'm yeah. not thrilled with the whole Facebook meta thing, which is why I don't own a VR headset from them. Yeah. Um, but he's he's been doing a lot with VR for a while and I kind of have, you know, with him at the helm, I kind of see that moving forward pretty rapidly. Um, so it's, it's sort of depressing to see the state of VR as it's, as it sits with meta because yeah. <laughs> honestly it's, it's, it's shit. It's, yeah. it's just, it's so garbage. This is disappointing, right? So a company with, yeah. the, with the finances and you could argue power of Facebook slash meta, and what do they have to show for it after a year since they've really gone all in on metaverse stuff? They have that screenshot we showed you guys a couple weeks back, months back, I guess at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's in this article, but I think, I think the number was like they, they spent in the past year they spent like one point two billion dollars on, on their meta stuff, their yeah. their virtual metaverse stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, and and I guess like Carmack's comment was. Um, he said, you know, last year I said that I'd be disappointed if we weren't having connect in horizon this year. Right. Um, and his, he followed that with this year, this year, this isn't really what I meant. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was, I, was, I, like, I, I am, this has to be in his contract, right? Like there's no way that like, I just can't, this is, this is a, this is a guy who is, who is an executive advisor for meta who speaks at their conferences and basically shits on their, their, you know, at least a little bit yeah. on their software. Yeah. And he's like allowed to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I pulled up cause I wanted to see what, what he said. Um, and I pulled it up and like, before he comes on, there's a, there's a, there's a, a blurb that says, you know, this is his, this are his thoughts his opinions, <laughs> not necessarily 
the view of meta and i was that's like funny wow funny. so like that feels like a contract thing to me like you know so, yeah what yeah i'm sure he somehow got that in there for, which, is, which is just funny for context right so roughly i guess it was a year ago right at their last connect conference they announced yeah. zuckerberg had his famous like i'm an android look um talking about the new direction that meta is taking they're now moving into the metaverse space and they're gonna they're gonna like it's their birthright or whatever they said i forget what the words he used um but they basically claimed like the metaverse is ours is essentially what they said right and i guess carmack made a promise to himself or his thoughts or i don't know if he said it publicly but next year for this connect conference we're going to do it in the metaverse in horizons or whatever the yeah horizons that they call their their metaverse thing and what they did this year to make that happen was he did his talk from horizons but nobody showed up in horizons they basically streamed it so people could watch it in flat on their machines on their normal laptops because horizon wasn't ready right they they couldn't handle that load of people at least I'm reading between the lines here, but it sounds like they couldn't handle that many people, so they couldn't host a conference in the metaverse like they really wanted to. And that's basically what he's what he's saying. He's disappointed about. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I, I guess I guess Zuckerberg also well, most of his keynote was you know actual normal video. Yeah, um, but he did part of it in the metaverse, which was all it's all pre recorded. Yeah, um, and his particular metaverse uh talk and everything so if, if you're not familiar with the the way that they've set this up your avatar in the metaverse is your upper body there's no legs you yeah. just float there yep but yep. but for for mark in his part of it he had legs Ooh, so i don't know him. i don't know what sort of insanity was going on but they it was funny because they would they would swing around to see the audience so there's all these people in the audience who are waving and jumping up and down and it's all torsos. Were they fake? And then you swing around, huh? Were they fake? I have no idea. I have no <laughs> they idea. They were just little um, animations. And, and you and you swing around to, to 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 Zuckerberg, and he's there, you know, jeans and you know whatever. He's got legs, and and the yeah. person uh, he was talking to somebody, um, and she also had legs, and you know was able to walk off screen and everything. Only the so, presenters get legs. I, you know, is that how this is? I I guess yeah. The presenters but get the spotlight. They get the big screen, and they get legs. But then Carmack comes in to do his talk and he's just a torso. So you know, it's, it, <laughs> Meta doesn't it, like it's, him. it's funny. It's funny. It is funny. Um, but he does. So he, I he will say on. that. So the, the screenshot, right. That has gone down in history. Now uh, the selfie, right. That, uh, that Zuckerberg posted Carmack does defend that a bit. And he says that that's a limitation of hardware, right. They're trying to, they're trying to plan a world where, you know, thousands of avatars can, coexist in the same space right and that of course brings hardware requirements so they their avatars are intentionally left simple so that they don't have to be rendered as as more as detailed right so if you go into like right. um uh vr chat right one of the problems of vr chat is when you get 30 people in the same room everybody is slow unless you have a really high-end machine right well meta is trying to make stuff work on the quest which is really low end when you think about vr headsets right like PC VR has a lot more processing power than the MetaQuest can because the MetaQuest is a disconnected VR headset. And that's their goal. They want a VR headset that is both lightweight and detached from the PC, right? So, right. Um, but that's why right. it looks like and, that. And, and apparently they've come out with new hardware. 
Um, so they came out it's, with the MetaQuest Pro. Yeah, yeah which is like um, 1500 bucks is, apparently. <laughs> right. So it's it's got higher resolution than the Steam one, whatever that was called. Um, uh, the Index. The Index, yep. So it's got higher resolution than the Index. Like, congratulations, you beat a product that's what, like, like three, years three old? four, five years old or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the index um, is a couple years old now. Yeah. So, so you know, it's it's well, it's better hardware, better you know whatever. Um, and and Carmack kind of shits on that too because he's like, look, yeah, you know, like that's great. And I I kind of like but, where he's coming from, right? Yeah. Sorry, I keep cutting you off, but he no. he wants VR equipment to be affordable and lightweight. He said yep. below two hundred fifty grams, half a banana, and below. <laughs> below 250 bucks right which is admirable right so his vision i think judging from those specs right is that he wants something anybody can can run out to the store and buy cheaper than a cell phone even right everyone how many people have iphones in their pockets right they cost more than 250 bucks um and light enough that you can like take it anywhere you could throw it in your backpack and use it out in the world right which is cool right i don't know if we're there yet vr has a bunch of technical limitations that we just don't have the technology to get around yet, right? And I think that's yeah. what they're bumping up against. That's why the Quest is a low-end system at the moment, because in order to get the portability and the weight, you have to sacrifice power. Yeah, and, and like his comment is basically, um, he said, you know, we're not, we're not building that headset today, but I keep trying. So he's like, he's yeah. pushing internally to do yeah. that, and he's getting brushed off, and, you know, they're going for these stupid high-end things. Well, Which, I mean, like, it's good that he's pushing the envelope, but I think realistically to be competitive, they can't. Like, maybe they're going to have to have two versions of the product, right? I don't know, but... Yeah. Maybe. I think, you know, I think what's what's happening is Meta came out with this whole Metaverse, blah, 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 and, and they touted it pretty heavily for business. Like, you can have yeah. your business meetings in the Metaverse. Yep. Well, I mean... Sure, a business will pay 250 bucks for a headset if it does what they need, but a business will also pay $1,500 for a headset because they're a business. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you make more money by selling things at a higher price. And a lot of VR companies are doing this, and it sucks. Yeah, and I've, I've always suspected that they were not making a bunch of money on the Quest, and they were intentionally having it, having the price where it is, hoping that they could rake in advertising cash on requiring that Facebook account. They don't require the Facebook account anymore. You need a meta account, which is still owned by the company that owns Facebook, but it's not, um, I get the feeling that it's not the advertising revenue that they get out of the Facebook account, which makes me wonder if that's part of why the price went up. They're still making, so Right. So the, there was a huge backlash against the Quest requiring a Facebook account because right. people didn't want Facebook accounts associated with it, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, I, I'll never buy one because I don't want a Facebook account. So they went, oh, okay, you don't need a Facebook account anymore. You can get a meta account. Right. How much you want to bet it's the same damn thing on the back end. You just don't have a page to log into on the Facebook site. Yeah, so it could be, but the thing that makes the money on a Facebook account, at least what I imagine, the thing that, get, that gets you money out of a Facebook account, is all of the interactions you have through Facebook. Right? So, like, 
having you in their system is one thing. Having you in their system and getting all the things you like and all the people you talk to and all the products you click on and all the ads you respond to, that's a whole other ballgame of advertising revenue for them. Yeah, but they're going to pick up they're going to pick up that same type of revenue from a different set of data. So now they're going to yeah, have they what could, you do in right. VR, yeah. what games you're playing, what applications you're using, when you're online, you know, like who knows how deep it can go, right? Because they have all that data. I mean, there's flat out biometric data that comes out of the out of a, yeah. a VR unit, right? I mean, yep. The the quest doesn't track you in the way that some do. Like it doesn't do full on body tracking, like a PC VR system with with body sensors can do. Uh, but it can get a surprising amount of data out of how you move, how you walk. Um, you know, it's not. I would argue that it's still private data, right? Because people with disabilities, for example, the the quest could probably figure out. You know what I mean? Yep. Anyway, we're going way off tangent. I think at this point, not quite way off, but we've we've. Uh, that's so that's so off brand for us. It is. It is. We totally never never pigeon or rabbit hole. Pigeonhole is a whole other thing. Pigeonhole is a specific thing. Rabbit hole is like a whoa. Where'd we go? <laughs> so moving along. Uh, yeah. What's next? Wired. Wired has a story. Um, U.S. chip sanctions kneecap China's tech industry. I was, so I I'm, guess I'm curious where you're going with this one. I did read it, and I've also heard in the news about the legislature that was supposed to help uh, chip manufacturing in the U.S. So, go. Where, I'm where curious. I'm going with it? I'm just I'm not really going anywhere with it. I thought it was an interesting article. Just okay. you know, just the the sanctions in general. Like you know, we're 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 putting a bunch of restrictions in place and 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 whatnot to to try to get this stuff to be built in the U S and it's, it's, it's going to have interesting effects. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's, it may already be having interesting effects. Um, I, I thought it was ironic to hear on the news that they're pushing for, you know, this legislature that says chip manufacturing has to be brought back into the U S and then it's like, Oh, it passed. Holy shit. It passed. What do we do with the money? <laughs> right. I've heard that on the news. It's like, Hey, we got all this money now. We didn't really have a plan for what we we're going to do with it. <laughs> it's another trying to figure out what right. to do with it. <laughs> I didn't, I actually right. didn't one, know this was part of, uh, I assume it's part of the same bill. Um, these, these sanctions, I didn't know there were sanctions involved. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not entirely certain where the sanctions, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, they're calling it sanctions, but it's, it's export restrictions. So yeah. I guess, I guess the idea is that, I mean, we're going back to almost going back to you kind of it, it's kind of going back to the sort of the PGP days where, you know, we don't want this stuff leaving the U.S. because national security, whereas yeah. this is, you know, the, the sanctions here are to prevent China from being able to use our AI tech. Yeah, that does seem kind of weird. Um I I have mixed feelings about the whole like global economy thing. And this this kind of impacts that, right? So on one hand, I think that humanity like if you remove all of the turmoil that humanity causes on itself, right? I think that humanity working together could certainly do a lot better 
than humanity working in factions, which is essentially what we have in the current economy, where it's like, oh, we have to buy American, right? Like, I'm all for supporting American businesses because that could be like the guy down the street feeding his family. But I also think that innovation can be fueled a lot better by the whole freaking world working together, right? If we had the brilliance of people in China, manufacturing capabilities of the people in China, and like the ingenuity of the people in the U.S. working together instead of against each other, I think that would be really cool, right? But then on the other hand... And, and, that's, and, and that's not to say that you can't have the reverse, where, where the manufacturers and you know, time is the ingenuity, like whatever, like just, yeah, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to pigeonhole people into like what, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm trying to think on the off the top, top of my head, what currently in the current economy, what, what these two nations are known for, right? Like Americans will get shit done. But they do it expensive, <laughs> right? They think outside of the box. They do crazy crap. Um, but they, they're expensive when they do it. Right. But sometimes brilliant stuff comes out of that. China can do stuff like really inexpensively, Right. Anyway, I, that was what I was going for there. But if if yeah, it's it's if instead it's, of being just, like adversaries in the global economy, if we're like all working together, I think this could be like humanity could benefit from this kind of stuff. And stuff like this inhibits that. But there's good reason for why it's inhibiting that. It's because we're not working together. We're all freaking adversaries, right? And I don't I don't know how you get past that. But but that's what I mean by I have mixed feelings about this stuff. I don't know. I don't think Star Trek's coming anytime soon. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> what I find what I find interesting about this one, so first, it's, it's export restrictions. So now I wonder, you know, like what happens to open source projects that are, you know, open AI and whatever. I don't even know where they're, they're based, but, you know, are we going to are we going to go back down this path of the PGP thing where it's like, this is stupid, you know, <laughs> like, well, you're not this, really preventing anything, but good luck. The article um, talks about specifically chips and chip manufacturing, which is yeah, why I think it's related but, to that chip manufacturing in the U.S. bill. Right, which, which is which is where where the other piece of this comes in. It's like, well, you know, the, so the, apparently Alibaba built some new cloud system that uses AI. Yeah. And it was built using chips from – built using hundreds of chips from U.S. companies, Intel and NVIDIA. I wasn't. I mean, do they only manufacture in the U.S.? I I I, I don't know. Um, they may but be like a lot of our chips come from overseas. So, yeah. well, so I think they're U.S. Make the chips for us, but you can't use them. Like I think they're U.S. based companies, and this is why I think it's related to the the chip manufacturing bill because the the whole purpose of that was to bring chip manufacturing into the U.S. Right. So currently we have a whole bunch of technology companies that are based in the U.S., but they send all of their manufacturing off to other countries because they can do it more efficiently or less uh, expensively, right? Cheaper, right. right? So you have companies like Intel. And again, I, like I don't have inside info about how these things work, but presumably you have companies like Intel, just using as an example. Or maybe like chip designs and whatnot are coming out of the U.S., but none of the manufacturing happens here. And what the bill, as I understood it, was supposed to be doing was the companies based here, the chips should be coming out of here too, make American jobs, boost the American economy, bring that stuff back in-house. Because um, apparently all, most of these innovations came out of the U.S. to begin with, right? Like Silicon Valley is called that for a reason. It's not just because there's a lot of technology there. It's because that's like the birth of the... Of, the microchip. Right. 
and now it's it's mostly owned by not owned by but uh, controlled by other countries because all the manufacturing comes out of the other out of other countries. Yeah, and I think I can't. Everything's blurry. I can't read the name on my my screen, but um, whoever that is in red mentioned Taiwan and Guangzhou. I think is how you say that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's the what they were saying uh, was the the where the Intel and NVIDIA chips are made. The so. ID is uh, SAP kernel or SAP kernel. That's the the person in red. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, you can't it's read. Hard to read. <laughs> yeah. Riverside doesn't show high quality video yeah, for, coming through, so I can't see it. For those of you that are wondering why Jason can't read this is because the only access he has to that particular facet of chat, unless he were to log into Twitch, is the video that I broadcast back to him which is coming from Streamlabs, which is probably this big on his screen. <laughs> which which is, which is yeah, this big being the two inches he's showing in his fingers. Um, and this this aggregates chats from YouTube and Twitch, doesn't it? Yes. So I would have to log into both of them to see where it came from. So. Yeah, most of the chat today has come from YouTube, but that particular person is chatting with us on Twitch. Yeah, so anyway, moving on. Uh, what do we got next? The Verge. Uh, Firefox's new service gives you a burner phone number to cut down on spam. Yeah, this is kind of cool. I put this one in here. Um, so Firefox already has an email service which does this. They basically, they'll make you like, I don't want to call it temporary, but it's basically a, a forwarding address, right? That is intended to be a burner, right? So if you sign up for some, I don't know, something where you don't want to give them your actual email address, you can go to Firefox. Um, what was it like? There's a URL for it. I it slipped my brain. Relay.firefox.com. You can say like, give me an email address that forwards here and I'll give the person that. And if I start getting spam through that thing, I can just burn it and then make a new one and use that for the next thing. Well, now they're doing the same thing for phone numbers, which is something I've done with Google Voice for a long time. I've, I've maintained a Google Voice phone number specifically for the ability to chop it off at the legs if I needed to and make a new one. Um, but now Firefox or Mozilla, sorry, not Firefox. Mozilla has a service for phone numbers in that works in the same way as their email uh, relay system where you can say like, give me a phone number and then you can use that phone number when you like sign up for a thing that demands your phone number. And then if you start getting spam calls to it, you can just like get rid of it. Um, I, I assume that they could probably also built in, built in things like filtering. I don't know if they do at the moment cause this is, it's all very, very new at the moment. That's the thing that I like about, uh, Google voice is that you can do filtering and call blocking and things like that, where if you've given them your cell phone number, I know you're with AT&T, but I'm with Verizon. Verizon does a bad job of spam blocking. I just like, it doesn't work that well. <laughs> I don't know how AT&T does it. But if I could just hand them a burner number, that'd be great. My my phone my phone is just set to ignore anything that's not in my phone book. Yeah, that's pretty but much I what I do be, at this point. Yeah, which which is which uh, is perfect. Um, the only, uh, I guess, so that obviously doesn't work for somebody who lives on their phone and has to use it for like work and and receive phone number receive phone calls from for wherever. Uh, it also appears to not work. So I have a buddy who. Uh, uh, uses the VA for health services. Uh, and the VA seems to make phone calls out of a, just a rotation of phone numbers and they refuse to leave voicemails 
or when they do, they leave a voicemail and you, you call them back and you can't get them. So you play phone tag all day long. So yeah. if, if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, you know, if, if he knows a call is coming, he has to turn it off, but you know, but in general, like, I love it because, you know, I, I just leave it on all the time and, and yeah. every once in a while I'll see like, you know, you know, 10 missed calls and I'll look and it's like all spam. Yeah. So yeah. You can't yeah. leave me a voicemail. You don't get a call back. Yep. Now, if I'm reading this right, I don't think this is a, is this not a free service? It's you have to pay for it, or are they talking about a different service? I'm looking in this second to last paragraph. No, there's a, prices let's here. see. Is that another service they're talking about? Uh, the phone number masking service is also more expensive at four ninety nine a month. I can't tell if that's a different yeah, service. Yeah, it looks like about. looks like you have to pay four ninety nine a month. Oh so, no, you pay for the the email service is a buck ninety nine a month apparently. Okay, so that's not free either. That's what they're comparing it to. Yeah, okay, it minus and and both services are a dollar less if you pay for the year. Less. in one shot but so yeah so yeah that's that's cool yeah um google voice is neat. free but you have to you know sign your life away to google isn't, isn't google voice going away or uh, something's happening to google voice eventually it will i'm sure like everything else google owns <laughs> this was this was legacy legacy voice is being is already phased out apparently so i don't i don't know it, whatever google google's doing something with their stuff again open source self-hosted mail cow can or also can relay from your servers yeah yeah certainly if, if you can host your own mail uh this isn't a problem for you because you can make as many burner email addresses as you want <laughs> yeah 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 they're all at the same domain Unless you have several domains, you could have a separate domain just for spammers if you want. But uh, yeah, but it takes it takes it takes time and whatnot to yeah do yeah. that. So okay, all one, right. One last one, one last, last article. Article related to the first article, sort yeah. of. DJI uh, drone. This is from Cyber News. DJI drone tracking data exposed in U.S. Okay. Yeah, so you, you added uh, this one during the break, break, so I haven't, uh, yeah. haven't read it yet. Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't dug deeply into it either, but I thought it was I thought it was uh, interesting because of the first article. So uh, DJI makes you register your drone, and then it basically stores the tracking data, as um, we mentioned earlier, for yeah. where, where your drone has been and everything. So uh, um, since their security is absolutely perfect and unbreakable, somebody apparently broke in. No, no, um, that's only uh, Oracle claims that. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Nobody broke in. They they opened it up themselves and forgot. Uh, so it says over eighty thousand. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not better. That's not better. Over eighty thousand drone IDs were exposed in a data leak after a database containing information from dozens of airspace monitoring devices manufactured by the Chinese-owned DJI was left accessible to the public. Damn, we left the vault um, unlocked again, guys. All the money's gone says the bank security worker. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, oops. Sorry. All your data is gone or not gone. All your data is exposed. God. Yeah. So this is, uh, some sort of, let's see, FAA introduced remote ID. Uh, okay. So the, they're talking about, so I guess the FAA has introduced the road ID thing because, you know, everybody has a drone and we need to track where they are because otherwise, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know why they don't do this to cars, but whatever. Uh, so DJI apparently has been doing this since 2017 with something called an aeroscope device. So it 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 provides an in, in-flight drone identification system, uh, and then it's been tracking that data and um, surveilling it. Uh, and they, I guess, lost lost that data. What's interesting is DJI drones are being used quite heavily in uh, the Ukrainian war. Oh, they're, um, they're DJI? Okay. Yeah, so they're using, uh, Russia, Russia and the Ukraine are using DJI drones. Some of the some of the videos are fascinating where they're using the drones to attack each other. Um, some of them are pretty kind of... Uh, well, you don't want to... If you got a weak stomach, you don't want to watch them because they're using drones to drop uh, grenades yeah. as well. So, yeah, I bet. That wouldn't so, be a good like, thing they're, to watch. They're being used in war now. Um, yeah. And quite effectively, apparently. Uh, well, I mean, so, like drones, the word drone has been used in warfare for a long time, but they weren't the drones we're used to today. They were like they, remote they were piloted aircraft. They were, yeah, they were yeah. aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, they're using quadcopters now, DJI quadcopters, like the, the drone of choice to use um, yeah. in the war. I, I saw a video the other day, which was I thought was really interesting, which was um, they were they were testing out a new device they got, which was... It looked, I, this thing looked like a rocket launcher, like the weirdest, crazy rocket launcher thing in the world. And what it was is it's a, um, a like a super high power um, antenna that you basically point in the general direction of a drone and fire it. And it the, uh, the idea is that it burns out the receivers oh, that's in cool. the drone. So the drone either like falls out of the sky or returns home or, or, you know, gently drifts to the ground, like depending on what the drone is programmed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that you can shoot a drone out of the sky. It was kind of, it's kind of a neat system. It's stupidly large and looks I, like completely unwieldy, but I remember whatever. back when drones first got popular, right. Um, there were a lot of people making like net systems that they could shoot a net. So they would entangle the propellers and make them fall out of the sky because it was a privacy thing, right? Like, Oh, a drone's flying over my house. I'm going to shoot it out of the sky because I'm an asshole. Um, I'm sorry, because I'm concerned about my privacy. Um, this is like that to a new level. <laughs> and there were right. the other people that were shooting them with shotguns because that's not unsafe. <laughs> Better shoot them with a shotgun than a rifle. Oh, absolutely. I meant a net isn't going to hurt somebody if you miss. Hell, yeah. a shotgun will hurt someone even if you do hit it because <laughs> there's going to be pellets that, that it still escape. Um, yeah. 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 Or at least they'll come raining on someone's house. <sighs> anyway, crazy world we live in. Oh, hey, the database was in AWS. Hmm? Oh, cool. Yeah, so, gee, I I wonder where they were storing that. So, yeah, so apparently it was like... <laughs> was it another case if we left our bucket open to the public? 50, 54 gig strong data set. Uh, it doesn't say um but generally s3 is where that stuff because s3 is yeah. super easy to leave open to the public yeah um if this was if this was like you know redshift or you know rds or something like then you know that's really stupid like why would you ever open that to the public but, that was quite the screw up yeah yep yep so and that's it folks that's all the news that's we've, all the news. we've run out of news all the news.
All right. So since we've run out of news, it's time to close up the show. And I have to get back to my notes thing so I can close up the show. Although you think I'd have this memorized by now. All right, folks. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fun night. Um, thank you for joining me tonight, Jason. Uncle Mark couldn't make it because he's in, like, Disney or something. Although, I just, on Discord, he just Never. popped up as playing Elden Ring. So I'm sure he's in the hotel playing Elden Ring on his Ugh. Steam Deck. <laughs> God, if I did that, my wife would kick me in the shins and then kick me out of the hotel. Uh, anyway. Hey, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for a Steam Deck, they're, they're sort of uh, purchase and shipping is apparently just zipping right now. Oh, so, they're actually you know, viable now. Yes, I've heard about that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yep. so my, uh, maybe my, I'll get my play date. My play date is supposed to come sometime now. It's I'm, I'm in, it's I'm in the shipping zone now for that, but nothing yet. I don't know what product you're referring that's to. That's the, that's the game boy looking thing with the crank crank. So you can crank uh, it instead of charging it. Is that it? So you get a workout uh, no. to play your video. No, no, games no. The crank, the, the crank is actually a part of the controller. Uh, oh, okay. play dot date. If you want to take a look. All right. I'll have to look it up. All right. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching live. If you've watched, if you've watched this whole freaking shebang live, uh, if you do want to watch us live, you should check us out on YouTube and Twitch. Just look for the iron system in podcast. If you want to join our discord, discord community, there is a link for it in the show notes or just go to iron There's a link for it there. Uh, you can chat with us and, uh, you know, partake in various community or, uh, uh, communities around things like home assistant because we have a lot of folks that like to do home automation so there's fun stuff there um yeah so um i have to hit the button right because i said discord or, or are you saying you don't use discord sap kernel sap kernel you may not uh i tried to do a matrix community but nobody bought into it so we ended up on discord so i'm sorry about that Actually, you Matrix can. Matrix is free. You don't have to buy it. You can you can join through Matrix if you do not want to use Discord. I have a bridge set up. Um, so yes, if you don't like Discord, join us through Matrix. You can find the Iron System, and we have a what's the word I'm looking for now? The thing where you can group channels together. That community is it a community? I forget anymore. They changed the name of it a while back. I what it's called now. Anyway, we're on Matrix, so look it up. Um, I can probably put a link for it somewhere here. Um, in the meantime, uh, yeah, I was closing the show up. Matrix, you can find us on Matrix. I will find a link to the Matrix community and throw it in the show notes if you're curious about joining through Matrix. I would love it if more people used Matrix because I like Matrix better as a platform. You guys made me do Discord. Anyway, um, I'm on a soapbox again. So where was I? Right. Social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for the Iron Sysadmin podcast. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Iron Sysadmin. And I think that's everything I had to say for tonight. I can actually finally go eat the food that I ordered before the show that showed up too late. I'm looking forward to that. Any final words there, Jason, before you're ushered off to uh, whatever you have to do on a Thursday night? Now I'm thinking about Chinese food again. You suck. Sorry. I haven't eaten yet. All I had was these two beers. Does it show? They really aren't that bad. They're like 5%. I can totally take two 5% beers. You know, if it was a proper stout, you wouldn't have to go eat because you would have already eaten. You're right. You're right. It's okay. It's almost stout season. (laughs) It's always stout season. It is always stout season. And on that, folks... We will see you next time, two weeks from now, or whatever the hell the date is. 
second and fourth Thursday of the month. Um, so yeah, I think our next one is like the 20 something. We'll see you then. Have a good one, folks. 27? 27. 27. I'll go with it. Yes. 27 sounds right. The 27th. We'll see you then. All right, folks. Have a good one. Good night. Good night all.